0: Well, good morning, LCM. Good morning. Today is Sunday, November 21st, 2021. We're delighted to be here today among the family of believers in this season. There's really only one type of family and it's those who are doing the will of the Lord. We want to jump right into scripture today. Let's go to Numbers 24. Everybody turn with us to Numbers 24 and we're going to begin in verse 17.
1: Numbers twenty four seventeen. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. He will crush the foreheads of Moab, the skulls of all the sons of Sheph. Edom will be conquered. Seir, his enemy, will be conquered. But Israel will grow strong. Look, Numbers 24 enumerates one of the earliest messianic prophecies in the word, and it describes the nature of his people, Israel. They will grow strong. Come on. This statement has no end of its growth that God has prescribed, no limit, no termination point. They are a people that are perpetually growing in strength, even as the stars coming forth from Jacob. We have been grafted into a holy root, one that is of ever growing strength. We are a people that reflect our Messiah, a scepter that rises and will bring about the destruction of God's enemies. The people of God have always faced opposition from the enemies that surround them. And God's promise to them and us is that he will cause us to grow strong. To become more and
2: more powerful. Oh, come on. Wake up and get with us this morning. We just had an extraordinary worship service. God spoke about going to get some empty jars because we're going to see them filled. Amen. Anybody in this room want to go stronger in this house? Yeah. Like more and more powerful? Oh, yeah. Now, when I think about growing stronger... More and more powerful. I think about Adam Cora putting plates endlessly on deadlifts. Without limit. (laughs) While I just sit there and watch where I got maxed out days ago. There's a few of us in the room that are even sore from him encouraging us to grow stronger and stronger. (laughs) Guys, the concept of growing stronger... More and more powerful is personified in David, the son of Jesse. The man to whom the Messiah's name is attributed, the son of David. This morning, we'd like to begin with you in 2 Samuel 5 at a time early on in David's reign. We're going to pick up in verse 6 together. The kings, the king and his men, marched to Jerusalem. To attack the Jebusites who lived there. The Jebusites said to David, You will not get in here. Even the blind and the lame can ward you off. (laughs) Just for clarity's sake, the scripture goes on to say, They thought David cannot get in here. (laughs) Look, at this point in David's life, David has been anointed at Hebron. But he's not achieved full dominion over the total allotment that was his. All right, you guys f- feeling what I'm saying? He's anointed. He's king. But he hasn't fully grasped dominion of every area of the kingdom that he is called to possess. That's right. Now, did you hear the taunts of the enemy? They're taunting him and saying, you can't get in here. Even the blind and lame could fight you and win. But now you ought to be connecting those kinds of taunts to Sambalit. Tobiah and all the other enemies of God that are constantly looking to diminish the power of God's people and God's plan. Now, historically speaking, these taunts were more successful than we would like to admit. Meaning that these taunts work on most people most of the time. That's why the scripture said they thought he couldn't get in here. They believed that they discouraged him enough that he would grow too weak for the work. Now, Israel was called to be more and more powerful, but they had previously fallen to the taunts of giants. Yeah. Guys like Ahiman, Shishai, and Talmai. And they died in the desert and did not reach the land of their inheritance. Men like Saul, who came just before David, were called to be more and more powerful. But they fell to the taunts of a growing Philistine army. And they couldn't hold out for the arrival of the prophet of the Lord. This is the background to David. These are the things that happened prior to his arrival. You see, though, the enemy is naive enough to believe that David could be intimidated. That David was like every other man of God who gave up out of fear in those taunts. But the reality is David feared the Lord more than he feared their taunts. Look, as you're going to see, David is no ordinary
0: man. And neither can we be in this house today. We're going to pick this up in verse 7. But are you guys getting what we're saying this morning? The reason the enemy taunts you is because it works most of the time. It's because it gets most men on most days to just stop. Instead of fearing the Lord more than anything that the enemy might try to bring against you in the taunts that he speaks to you. (laughs) Man, even our blind and lame here in this house can beat you guys. See, we are learning as a people what it takes to become more and more powerful. We don't pretend like the taunts aren't there. We understand that they are coming, but we know exactly how to deal with it. Let's look at verse 7 to see how David dealt with this. Nevertheless. Somebody say nevertheless.
1: Nevertheless.
0: Come on, the taunts are there. They're, They're trying to get him to stop, but nevertheless, David captured the fortress of Zion. The city of David. What did he just capture? The city of David. Well, wait a minute. How could he be called? No, he so captured this thing that for the rest of time, it was called the city of David. See, the enemy that was taunting him could not stop him. Verse eight. On that day, David said, anyone who conquers the Jebusites will have to use the water shaft to reach those lame and blind who are David's enemies. That is why they said the blind and lame will not enter the palace. Man, I love the idea of nevertheless. This is the kind of attitude that we want to have today. See, David is not moved at all by the threats of the enemy. He's not moved at all by the taunting that the enemy is projecting. He goes on in and he owns the city. Somebody say, he owned it. Owned it. It was called the city of David. David relished, actually. He actually relished in the taunts that were thrown his way because he was filled with the fear of the Lord rather than the fear of men, rather than the fear of his own failure, rather than anything else. He feared the Lord and he and his warriors turned the tables on the insults from the enemy. He turned the tables right back on their own head. He used the same kind of phrases to show that he was being dominant and he owned them and he owned his city.
1: Look how this is stated in verse 9, the following verse. David then took up residence in the fortress and called it the city of David. (laughs) This is an important point just to stop and focus on. David didn't just go in and conquer Jerusalem, running the Jebusites out. He made it his own place of residence. And on top of that, he named it the city of David. He owned it at that point. It wasn't a single battle that he had in mind. He decided to live in the victory that God had caused him to obtain. Oh, come on. Yeah. David decided to live in the revelation that he had received from the almighty God. To live in the calling as king who would reign from that city. The city of David. The one that God had promised. He didn't just stop with taking possession of it. Hear the
2: rest of verse 9. The rest of verse 9. He built up the area around it from the supporting terraces inward. That's an interesting process to go about from the supporting terraces, which are on the outer edge back inward. David shows his ownership and his dominance by first starting with building up the areas around the city of David. He builds from the terraces, those outer weakest furthest points. The lowest and most exposed places in Jerusalem's walls and defenses. And then, somebody say, and then. And then. And then he works his way back towards the heart of Jerusalem. Saints, consider this for a moment. He not only feared the Lord more than their taunts, but he conquered it, put his name on it, and said, I own this city. And then he decides he's going to flaunt what God has done in the face of the enemy's accusations. (laughs) In the face of the enemy's taunts, he did not leave the terrorist, the tortured areas of the defenses for them to come back and attack, for them to seek an opportunity to reach his city. He started at the weakest points in the law. You might even say that he did not leave the terraces to be tortured by terrorists. Yeah. He firmed them up, he turned back their taunts by taking his strength that he personally possessed to the outer extremities of his new city. In addition to being a great king, you may know something else about his life. He was a great shepherd. He knew what it was to protect those that were the most vulnerable, those farthest from him. Guys, this is not unlike our great shepherd, who leaves the 99 who are secure to go fortify and strengthen the one weak one that has wandered off to the edges. Come on. David was not willing to let any area of his kingdom be tortured by those terrorists. He understood the importance of the strength of his whole city, that the strength of the whole city was dependent upon working outward in those weakest areas and back inwards to the heart of Jerusalem, into the inner walls, into where the presence of God would one
0: day dwell. And that is a good word. Let's look at verse 10. It says, and he became more and more powerful. Because the Lord God Almighty was with him. Come on, say it with me. Say more and more powerful. More More and more powerful. powerful. See, David was already powerful, but he was becoming more and more powerful. David's fear and reverence for the Lord gave him the ability to abolish the fear that comes from the taunts of the enemy. He and his men abounded in a supernatural strength. They abounded in a supernatural zeal, in a supernatural courage when they confronted the enemy every single time the tables were turned. See, together. Somebody say together. 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 They set to work fortifying the outer, low-lying areas that were most vulnerable to attack. This filled David and his entire kingdom with more and more power. This is what the Lord is going to do in us, is continually grant us more and more power as we walk together.
1: Look, here in 2 Samuel 5, we get a picture of how mighty King David became more and more powerful, starting with the fear of the Lord. But, you know, 2 Samuel 23 gives us a picture of what a lifetime of becoming more and more powerful produces. So let's all turn to Second Samuel chapter 23. To hear David's last words to his people. And as you are turning. Say more and
2: more powerful. More and more powerful. So you guys remember. We started early on in his reign. In the beginning in Second Samuel 5. He had been anointed but had not achieved full dominance. Now in 2 Samuel 23. As we pick up in verse 1 together. David has achieved that full land grant, that full inheritance that was his. It says, now these are the last words of David. The oracle of David, the son of Jesse. The oracle of the man who was raised on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, the sweet psalmist of Israel. Now from the onset of the verse, the words oracle highlight the prophetic and ongoing Nature of the verse. What he's going to say is birth of the Spirit of God in the coming verses. This passage also draws to mind the path of this powerful man of God. His life began in the poverty of Jesse's house as a shepherd boy. And he was raised on high by the God of Jacob. And he's speaking at the end of his life now. The coming verses are his testimony, his desire, and his prophetic voice for the people of God, Israel... As his days are coming to an end.
0: Church, this is such an appropriate type of passage for us today. Have you ever thought about it being in the distance between what you were promised and where you are now? That's what David is now at the end of his life, being able to look back and saying, I've got a prophetic word for you. I've got some understanding for you. It's not just that he started his race. He is now here at the completion and he's sharing some insight, some wisdom, some prophetic voice. And it's going to help us today. Look at verse two. The spirit of the Lord speaks by me. His word is on my tongue. The God of Israel has spoken. The rock of Israel has said to me, When one rules justly over men, ruling in the fear of God, he dawns on them like the morning light, like the sun shining forth on a cloudless morning, like rain that makes grass to sprout from the earth. See, when the fear of God is the ruling authority in the lives of the people of God, they prosper in supernatural kind of ways. Yes. They are like light that's breaking forth in the darkness. They are turning against the dark taunts of the enemy and driving that darkness further and further back. See, the light of his presence produces in them. It produces in us a power that is like the rising of the mighty sun. The rising of what God has instituted to govern, becoming more and more powerful even as the day goes on.
1: Come on, church. Haven't you experienced the light of his presence breaking forth like the dawn in your life? Come on. Driving back the darkness of those taunts? Well, we're going to build on that. It's not just a one time experience. The purpose is that we become more and more powerful. Verse five For does not my house stand so with God? For he has made with me an everlasting covenant, yeah, he has. ordered in all things and secure. For will he not cause to prosper all my help and my desire? Not only only was the fear of the Lord the ruling authority of David's house, he was faithful to fortify his house, to order his house according to the fear of the Lord. And starting with the outer terraces and then working his way inward. This produced a kind of uh, supernatural security. That doesn't come by simply working in the areas that he felt strong in rather by confronting the areas that were the most susceptible. He produced a fortified and secure city that would grow more and more powerful. Come on, This process produced the power of an everlasting covenant, one that would not be broken, that would stand the test of time and every bit of adversity and difficulty that could ever come its way. But saints, that's not all that filled David with more and more powerful. In fact, he had a, uh, a secret ingredient that is hidden in the LXX in these
2: exact same verses. But wait, there's more. <laughs> this is uh, 2 Samuel 23, 3 through 4. This passage you read just a little while ago, but this translation is from the LES, which is the LXX derived. says, the guard from Israel speaks to me. Notice that language? The one who is guarding all of Israel is speaking to this man of God. Among humanity, how might you strengthen the fear of the anointed? And by God at the light of dawn, the sun will rise, which the Lord will not pass in the morning from splendor and like from rain on the grass from the earth. David possessed the fear of the Lord in increasing measure. Remember, this is the end of his life and a prophetic message to his people. It outshined any fear that the enemy could inspire in him. The fear of God was the ruling authority in the lives of the people of God. They prospered in supernatural ways together. They are like light breaking forth in John 1. The darkness could not understand it and certainly could not overcome that light. That light turned on the dark taunts of the enemy And drove it further and further back. Amen. The light of his presence produced in them power that is like the rising of the mighty sun, becoming more and more powerful as the days go by. See, church,
0: David fortified the outer terraces, those low places in the wall, the areas that he and his people were most vulnerable to attack. David sought to strengthen the fear of God for those who were already called and anointed by God's name. You see, David took men and he made them soldiers. Yeah. Somebody say amen, amen to that. Amen. But he did more than that. He sought to take men who were already soldiers and turn them into mighty fighting men to strengthen the fear of God in those who had already been anointed for the task. All right. Who's been anointed
2: in this room? Has the almighty God filled you with his spirit in this house? Yes. Do we need anything more than the spirit of God to deepen these things in us? Man, can you see King David at the end of his life looking at people of God who do love him, but need more of that fear of God to rise up inside of them? Man, I think this is a message for us today. It's the right message for us today.
1: Look, what we see in David's life is that there was a secret ingredient that led to him becoming More and more powerful. And that secret ingredient was in strengthening other men to become all that he was and more. Come on. To become all that he was and more. And as a result, God then made David more and more powerful. In strengthening other men, helping them become what he was and more, in turn, that's what made David become more and more powerful. Look, we're your pastors. We're not, we're not going to lie to you this morning.
0: Oh, or, or any morning.
1: Yeah. yeah, or any morning. Just want to yeah. make that clear. This ingredient is one that is secret to the world and to the worldly churches. But it is not at all a secret found in the Word of God.
2: First Chronicles 11.10 says it very plainly. 1 Chronicles 11.10. These were the chiefs of David's mighty men. They, together with all Israel, gave his kingship strong support to extend it over the whole land as the Lord had promised. Saints, how encouraging is this? The very same pattern that made David more and more powerful, spending his efforts, his time, his energy to make other men mighty yes. turned out to be what made him more and more powerful and extended on, his dominion yeah. over the land. Saints, we have watched this happen at LCM through the years. We have. Your pastors, your elders who have poured themselves out into others have been richly blessed by mighty men that are being raised up. Amen. Amen. And I'm looking at Jaron back there and I see a mighty man that is blessing the Come people on, That originally poured into him. Yes. This is how we become more and more powerful. This is the result when we pour ourselves into others. Those mighty men are raised up and it has a benefit to the whole house. What you should see developing here in the scripture are four key components. Somebody say four Four key key components. key. Components. 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 These are the components to becoming more and more powerful. We see these in the life of David, and these are what we want to highlight today. As they are happening in us, we will do it all the
0: more. Amen. Let's take a look at this slide on the screen. This is about how to become more and more powerful as the scripture delineates. First of all, you begin with the fear of the Lord. Then you go about fortifying the terraces, those outermost places, those weak and low and vulnerable spots. Then you make it your entire effort in your life to form others into mighty fighting men. And this produces in you. It produces in me. It is the secret ingredient for you to be able to become filled with more and more power. This was seen in David's life as we presented it to you. The culmination of fear of the Lord in David's life caused him to show more respect for God's words than the taunts of the enemy. Come on, isn't that a good word for us this morning to be reminded of? those lies that try to enter, those things that are taunting you down in your soul. You have to have a fear of the Lord that rises up within you. So Amen. you fear him more than any of the taunts of the enemy. Amen. What David showed us was that the fortifying of the outer terraces is because the light of the Lord was rising in his heart like the sun. It was driving back Come the on. darkness. Yes. The darkness can't understand it and the darkness can't overcome it. And that's what we're walking in. See, David spent... All. Everybody say all. all. He spent all of his time making others better. He spent all of his time <laughs> making other men mighty. Yeah. Even more mighty than himself. <laughs> and this caused, it turns out, that the combination of these things makes you more and more powerful. Amen. Say that with me. More, more and more. more powerful. You know what saints? says? There was a,
1: a son of David that took this... Even further than David did. You may even know about him. No, 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 no. We're not talking about Jesus. Let's all turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 17. To see Jehoshaphat. The other son of David. Say more and more powerful as you're turning. More and more powerful. We're going to pick up with verse 7. In the third year of his reign. He sent officials. ben Obadiah, Zechariah, Nathanael, and Micaiah, to teach in the towns of Judah. With them were certain Levites, Shemaiah, Nethaniah, Zebediah, yeah. Asahel, Shimeroth, Perfect. Jehonatan, Adonijah, Tobijah, Tob-Adonijah, and the priest, Elishamah, and Jehoram. Did we do okay, Ben? We got it? Nailed we got it. it. <laughs> Let's move on. They taught through Judah, throughout Judah, taking with them the book of the law of the Lord. They went around to all the towns of Judah and taught the people. In the third year of his ministry, I mean the third year of his reign, he sent a team of Levites and priests out to teach the people of God the fear of God from the word of God it's exactly what Malachi 2 7 says for the lips of a priest ought to preserve knowledge and from his mouth men should seek instruction because
2: he is the messenger of the Lord Almighty oh come on Jehoshaphat understood the purpose of the priest in the Levites that they were to bear and carry the word of God and that there would be a result Men would learn how to fear the almighty God. The kingdom of Judah had survived up to the point of Jehoshaphat. But at this time, three years into his reign, it was in decline because of the ending of the reign of a man named Asa, his father. Asa started out as an amazing king and he did not finish well and he did not cling to the word But his son begins to understand the purpose of priests and Levites and what the word of God can do in any situation. And he sends those teams out to preach. Now, as we said, this is the third year of his kingship. He's sending out these Levites, these priests who are to instruct the people, which results in the people learning to fear the Lord. This was the initial step in Jehoshaphat rising to become more and more powerful. Saints, we are in the same position standing here right now. There have been kingships ages gone by that didn't leave us on the best footing, but we've awakened to what the word of God can do in a man's life. Amen. This is why we have spent so much time empowering you as priest so that you can teach the word and that the word of God will inspire men to fear him
0: rightly This not only happens in our lives, but it begins to impact our families and even those around us. Look at verse 10 in the same passage. The fear of the Lord fell on all the kingdoms of the lands surrounding Judah, so that they did not go to war with Jehoshaphat. Some Philistines even brought Jehoshaphat gifts and silver as tribute, and the Arabs brought him flocks. Listen to these numbers: seven thousand seven hundred rams and seven thousand seven hundred goats. I'm sure that was just accidental. Just a coincidence. But, but the point of this passage is that the fear of God in the king himself is empowered Levites to teach the fear of God to the people of God, and all of this results in the fear of the Lord falling even on the former enemies that are all around them. Ooh, come on! Yeah. Isn't that a victorious moment? Look at
1: verse 12. Jehoshaphat became, say it with me, more more and more powerful. powerful. He built forts and store cities in Judah and had large supplies in the towns of Judah. He also kept experienced fighting men in Jerusalem. Look, rather than learning from the carnal kingdoms around him, Jehoshaphat learned from the ways and exploits of his father David. Come on. He walked in the fear of the Lord and cultivated the fear of the Lord in all the people by exalting the word of God. Yeah. He began to fortify the cities of Judah in their most vulnerable areas, and he surrounded himself with formidable fighting men of his day, right there in Jerusalem, there in the city of David. <laughs> and this fourfold formula is what made him more and more powerful.
2: Oh, come on. Do you guys notice in verse 12, something we didn't highlight earlier? The work of fortification that Jehoshaphat was achieving also included store cities. Yeah. Yeah. Jehoshaphat learned from his father David and built in the city of David, but he also learned from a forefather named Joseph. He did not stop with cultivating the fear of the Lord through the word of God. He did not stop with fortifying the cities. He did not stop with surrounding himself by mighty warriors. He built storehouses of revelation. Storehouses that contain new treasures as well as old. He stored up the good things that God had given him and had a wealth of gratefulness. (laughs) He knew that days of famine would come and that he would not need to fear their taunt, their arrival, their challenge. Because Jehoshaphat was growing more and more powerful with every step
0: in this process. Come on now. That is a good word for us today. Look at verse 14. Their enrollment by families was as follows. Now verse 14 is the last note that we would like to make about Jehoshaphat's three-year ministry here. He enrolled the families. Another way to say that is he set the families in order. Somebody say in order. in order. See, that's what we're spending all of our time doing because you're being enrolled in something that is more and more powerful. I see men like Rhett who God has brought to this house Come on. so that he can be enrolled as a family and grow more and more powerful. We see you, Damon. <laughs> Amen to that. See, we see David's house in 2 Samuel 23 was put in order. It was secured in an eternal covenant. Come on here. Jehoshaphat not only put his family in order, but he went on to order and empower the families of the entirety of the house of Israel. He was becoming more and more powerful through the process. And this is how we become more and more powerful.
1: Saints, are you getting that? That Jehoshaphat was becoming more and more powerful because of the empowerment he was giving to the families and to the nation? Look, not only is this true for David and David's sons sitting on the throne, this is true for all of God's people, even for a man named Mordecai. This man that was in the land of captivity from the little itty bitty tribe of baby Benjamin. You realize uh, in our Bibles, there's, there's no book named the book of Mordecai. Instead, there is a book, though. That gives us the most insight into his life. And the title to that book is Esther. This is because Mordecai's great strength was most often displayed in his advice and service on behalf of those who seemed to be insignificant, but on whom the God ordained task rested upon. You know what Mordecai did? He spent all his time giving godly counsel and serving those that most would presume insignificant. Because he understood this was how one grows to become more and more powerful.
2: Well, I think it's best we pick up in Esther 6, verse 12 together to begin in the story. (laughs) Afterward, Mordecai returned to the king's gate. But Haman, Haman rushed home with his head covered in grief. And he told Zeresh, his wife, and all his friends, everything that had happened to him. His advisors and his wife Zeresh said to him, Since Mordecai, before whom your downfall has started, is of Jewish origin, you cannot stand against him. You will surely come to ruin. You in trouble. (laughs) Guys, you should at least be vaguely familiar with this story. At this point, Haman... Was not only launching taunts, but was working for the destruction of all God's people. Now, his heinous wife and fickle friends previously were egging this on. They were. Every bit of hostility that Haman possessed was magnified by their voices. They were aiming to kill Mordecai. Just notice the way in which they immediately abandon him when they realize something's changed. <laughs> ah, now, Haman is trapped. He's already committed himself to his position. The gallows upon which he intends to hang Mordecai have been built as a daily taunt to remind Mordecai that Haman intended to kill him. But that daily taunt will be used as an instrument of Haman's own destruction. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes.
2: Very similar to the way that the Jebusites' taunts led to their destruction in David's day. Yeah. Now, when his wife and uh, his friends found out that Mordecai was one of God's people, they immediately, like instantly, after all of the egging on, just suddenly withdrew their support. They were no longer egging on, Haman. They began to prophesy or speak of his guaranteed downfall.
0: Come on now. You can think back to the schoolyard days and think about somebody's taunting him, hit him, hit him, until the big boy gets up and you're like, Whoa, you in trouble now. You were the one taunting, you were the ones getting taunted, and then they're like, yeah, you're in trouble. There's no way you're going to win.
1: They actually push you to the middle.
0: (laughs) That's true. Not that we've ever had that happen in our lives. We have a slide for you with a traditional rabbinic commentary on this encounter between Haman and his wife and his advisors. You see verse 13 there, but I want you to focus in on the part that is in the tan box there at the bottom. Before whom you have begun to fall. She said, Zeresh said, this nation has been compared to the stars and to the dust. When they descend, they descend to the dust. And when they ascend... They ascend to the sky and to the stars. This is this kind of commentary. Come on now. This rabbi ties Mordecai's current situation with the promises of Abraham's offspring in Genesis 15. And the prophecy of Balaam that we read earlier to you in Numbers 24. That Israel would rise like a star, becoming more and more powerful. See, although Mordecai looks as though he is alone... Like he's powerless, as if his people had somehow descended into the dust. The reality couldn't be further from the truth of what God's people really were. Haman's wife was rightly recognized that the people of God only rise to become more and more powerful. Man, what is that like when the enemies of God start recognizing that you're becoming more and more powerful? Church, you got to grab hold of this truth. Get this with us today. The reason the enemy is taunting you is because they know that your destiny is to become more and more powerful, especially more powerful than they are. And they are trying to prevent it now before you wake up and become like the star that God has called you. See, when we start with the fear of the Lord, when we fortify the outlying areas of our life, when we are faithful to form others into mighty fighting men, we become more and more powerful in the process. Come on, we got to say it
1: again, church. Say more and more powerful.
0: More and more powerful. You know, what we're reading
1: here in Esther, it has always been this way with the people of God. There is no static nature, an equilibrium status for his people. We are either descending into the dust, becoming weaker and weaker because we refuse to fear the Lord. Or we are rising to the stars, becoming more and more powerful. And you, LCM, you guys are ascending. I am witnessing you guys becoming more and more powerful. You know, one one quick point. Sometimes the enemy... Or the wife of the enemy has a clearer perspective of our potential than we do. It's true. Oh, come on. And what we're preaching this morning is a wake up call to how we are going to become more and more powerful. Amen. And look, as, as the rabbi said in that slide, little Mordecai would be raised as high as the stars. So let's go to Esther chapter nine to see exactly how this matter concluded.
2: Why don't you go ahead and turn there with us. And while you do, I'm going to take the opportunity to re-emphasize what Pastor Matthew just said. The enemy cannot be more certain of this process than you are. Come on. Something inside of us needs to grab hold of this reality. He knows that when you do this, you will become more and more powerful. Yeah. That you will rise to meet the heavens. That it is the natural order of the man of God who loves the Lord that you rise in strength daily. Amen. Sometimes in this church we wonder why when we have a good revelation, when things begin to get right in our homes, a week later it feels as if the whole world is coming down on you. It's because the enemy is more certain that you are becoming more and more powerful yeah. than we are at times. But today that certainty is going to sink down in us. Amen. Esther 9:1 On the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar, The edict commanded by the king was to be carried out. On this day, the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them. But now the tables were turned and the Jews got the upper hand over those who hated them. What if we began like Mordecai? What if we considered the fact that all around it looks like we're nothing more than dust? And we realized the outcome prior to walking into the situation. See, Mordecai's life went from dust to rising before the king. He rose to turn the tables on the enemies of God, surpassing their taunts, surpassing their challenges, walking past their gallows and satanic schemes yes. to the height of the kingdom. Mordecai was a man who deeply feared the Lord. Yeah. He feared the Lord far more than the threats of insignificant men like Haman. Yeah. But he understood the value of those who seemed insignificant. Individuals like Esther. He imparted the fear of the Lord to Esther. He fortified her character. He built up the low areas in her walls so that she could stand in the time of testing. The reason Mordecai is great is because he made Esther great. I hope you're hearing that today. Just like King David was great because he made other men great. Just like Jehoshaphat, who is great, who was great because he made other men great. You know, Esther and Mordecai go on together with the king's favor to issue an edict on behalf of the fighting men. This edict would become an inspiration and specifically an empowerment to them in their fight. Their work gave the people of God the upper hand and enabled them as one man to turn the tables on those who plotted
0: their downfall. Come on now, if this isn't more and more powerful, then I don't know what is. LCM, this is what is happening to us here in this room, to us in this church. As we focus on making each other great together, we each are becoming more and more powerful like Mordecai and Esther, like Jehoshaphat and his men, like David and the mighty fighting men that he had. Let's look at verse two. The Jews assembled in their cities. In all the provinces of King Xerxes to attack those determined to destroy them. No one could stand against them because the people of all the other nationalities were afraid of them. Come on now, the fear of God and the people of God began to radiate to all of the other people around them. See, because they had fortified the terraces among their own people, they are reaching out and able to conquer in the distant cities and nations that are trying to attack them. They are now assembled together as fighting men, enrolled, ordered by their families, and they are ready to take the fight to the enemy.
1: Amen. That
0: is what we are, LCM, is we are ready. We are getting ever more ready to take the fight to the enemy, and we're going to do it every single day as we become more and more powerful. Are you ready, church?
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Let's continue in verse 3. And all the nobles of the provinces, the satraps, the governors and the king's administrators helped the Jews because fear of Mordecai had seized them. (laughs) Mordecai was prominent in the palace. His reputation spread throughout the provinces. And he became, say it with me, more More and and more and more powerful. Look, Mordecai never tried to grow his own reputation. What he did was instead straight Out of the store cities of his own fear of God. He worked to grow other men. He worked to fortify them. And enable them to win in their own cities. In their own provinces. And even in their own homes and families. Mordecai always worked behind the scenes. For the success of the called. And this made him in turn become more and more powerful. Great men are the men that make others great. Teaching them how to fear the Lord. Teaching them how to fortify and how to fight. And this is how we, church, become more and more powerful.
2: Saints, we want to say you are becoming more and more powerful. It can be difficult for us to explain the ways in which we can feel the tables are turning. This is happening in our midst. Our mission has always been raising up ministries starting with one life one family and one nation at a time and now in this house we are not alone any longer Amen. you LCM are becoming experienced fighting men yes. laboring alongside us in this endeavor in the one association we are not alone anymore LCM we are collecting fighting men across many cities and turning on the dark taunts of the enemy especially in the northern states. <laughs> they only cause us together as one man to be more and more powerful.
0: Amen. Come on, we're going to show you this slide again just to remind you of these principles, these four foundational principles of this. to fear, To have fear of the Lord is the beginning step, and then you begin to fortify the terraces, the low places, you devote yourself to forming other mighty fighting men, and this is the recipe. This is the surety, the confidence that you can have that you will be filled with more and more power. This is the way that David did it. This is the way that Jehoshaphat did it. This is the way that Mordecai did it. And this is the way that we are doing it, because there is no other way for this to be done to become more and more powerful. Can somebody say Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to Acts 9 to see how yet another man of God became more and more powerful.
1: Acts 9, we're going to start in verse 17. When Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, he sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Look, when Paul received the revelation of Jesus, the word of God incarnate appearing to him, then the spirit of holiness filled him even as the fear of the Lord fell upon him. When the fear of the Lord caused the scales to fall from Saul's eyes, he had been the one who was giving the taunts, giving the threats, the plans of the enemies until the tables turned and he was then transformed. Come on. Talk about the tables being turned oh, and It went beyond that. He was baptized into a whole new strength,
2: an entirely new power to then grow from there. Now it's no surprise to any of you that Saul becomes more and more powerful. Even he has his name changed to Paul. What we want to highlight is the rising star in the verse that you may have missed. His name is Ananias. He is the one who went to the terrorist on the terrace named Saul (laughs) and began to make him great. Guys, we forget about the man's reputation. What courage, what strength must it have taken for Ananias to go see him? He was a man who made other men mighty. The scripture says that Ananias was a devout observer of the law. Man, that's a God-fearing kind of guy. What did he do with that? He went to that man that no one else wanted to go to. He went to that terrorist on the terrace and he turned him into a fighting man for the kingdom of God. This shows that Ananias was not only instrumental, but he was the instrument that made Saul more and more powerful. Now in this process, he was making himself and all Israel, all of God's people more and more powerful. How better are we for what he did that day? This is what David did. This is what Jehoshaphat did. This is what Mordecai did. And this is the only way that we can do it.
0: Now verse 19 goes on to say, Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't this the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? See, the same things that Ananias did for Saul, you see Saul begin to do immediately in his life. Come on. Saul begins to operate from the fear of the Lord and then begin to fortify the terraces, starting in the outer places of Damascus and moving constantly back toward Jerusalem. Yep. See, what the enemy had deemed as the destruction of the believers, the tables have now been turned. Yeah. The man who was once raising havoc is now fortifying other men instead of sending them to prison. He is now raising up fighting men who have the fear of the Lord and are calling out to the name of the Lord. Look at what verse 22 says as a result of this process being worked in Saul's life.
1: Yet Saul
0: grew more and more
1: powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. You hear that Saul baffled the Jews living in the terraced areas of Damascus, but he was growing more and more powerful because he was proving that Jesus is the Messiah and enrolling those disciples into the king's army.
2: Oh, come on.
1: Let us show you the uh, natural response to
2: the men of God who are becoming more and more powerful. Verse 23. After many days had gone by, there was a conspiracy among the Jews to kill him. But Saul learned of their plan. Day and night they kept close watch on the city gates. And ordered to kill him. His followers took him by night. And lowered him in a basket. Through an opening in the wall. You know it's a funny thing. At a cursory uninformed reading. You hear the Jews plotted to kill him. Well obviously not all of them. Because they were being won over as disciples. And are the ones rescuing him. Thank God it is not within the power, the ability of the enemies of God to put a stop to the men of God. Who are growing more and more powerful because they are fearing him, fortifying and raising up fighting men like those disciples. Our increase in power is a taunt to the enemy in his face. And as their conspiracy, their plans, they form and hatch towards our own destruction we grow more powerful and more and more able to overcome those plots. From the moment that Saul's scales fell off, he was filled with the Spirit. He was marked both by opposition and victory in that opposition. This is true of you as well, LCM. Every one of you. It's no mistake that immediately, subsequent to the statement about Saul growing to be more and more powerful, that the conspiracy appears. The enemy has done everything he can to derail you, to diminish you, to degrade the power that is rising in this
0: room. Come on, he's not going to be able to succeed, but think about it. Come on, law Huns. as you are becoming more and more powerful, it's no surprise that the enemy seeks to derail you with his taunts. Come on, Molochs, as you are becoming more and more powerful, it's no surprise that there's a conspiracy to try to diminish your efforts yeah. in making mighty, fighty men. Yeah. Come on now, church, as you are growing more and more powerful, it's no surprise that there's an immediate conspiracy to degrade you in the process of becoming more and more powerful. Come on. But what this should be speaking to your heart, it should be screaming to you that it is proof. That Christ's power is being made more Amen. and more manifest in you. Yes You're baffling to the enemy. Yes. You are absolutely baffling. We want to tell you today, it's time for us not only to take Jerusalem, but for us to live and reside, be ordered in the calling and the land that He has given to us. Come on. We must cultivate the fear of God in us, and we're doing it right here. To fortify the outer terraces yeah. and raise up mighty fighting men who are going to be better than us. But that is what we are devoting our time and our energy, our efforts to. Church, we're not going anywhere. No. No. This city is ours. We own it. And it will bear, bear the name of our God.
2: That's a good word. Amen.
1: More and more powerful. You know, I'm watching the of Becoming more and more powerful yeah. because of what they're pouring into other men and women of God. I'm watching Cody and Wendy Stevens become more and more powerful because of what you are fortifying in this house. Saints, we are becoming more and more powerful. Amen. We're going to do something now. We want to read to you out of Philippians 3.10 in the amplified version as we become more and more powerful together.
2: For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. Saints, it is our desire to progressively cultivate a deeper and more intimate relationship with the Lord, with everyone in this room. Amen. That your fear and reverence of Him, His person, who He is, might go stronger and clearer every day in this house. Amen. This is how we are growing to become more and more powerful. Amen. If there are areas of your life that the fear of the Lord needs to be re-wet, today they can be. Yeah. Yeah. If it shows up in discontentment, concern about the future... Fear and reverence for him will silence the taunts of those enemies, and it
0: can be rekindled
2: in this house.
0: The verse goes on to say, and that I may in in that same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers. Come on, resurrection power that outflows, that stems from the fear of the Lord, and it causes you to fortify the terraces that have been destroyed and burnt with fire. No longer content. This is a group of people that are no longer content with just polishing our perfection somewhere in private. We are fortifying these terraces. We are wholly devoted to raising up the low points in our way. The weak areas on our front and progressively working inward towards exactly what God has called us to. Did you also notice the amplified added in the parentheses there in spirit, even unto his likeness that he exerts over the believers there? Exerts over the believers. This is the resurrection power. That is raising up fighting men. You have that power. And you can. And you will. And we must raise up others. In the same kind of way. Amen.
1: Look how this verse continues in the Amplified. And that I may so share his sufferings. As to be continually transformed. In spirit into his likeness. Even to his death. In the hope. Look you may not have picked up the order. That Philippians lays out. It all begins. With the fear of the Lord. Knowing him. More intimately. More deeply. And then it moves to fortifying the terraces. By having the power. Outflowing from his resurrection. This power begins to be exerted. On other believers. Making them into mighty fighting men. Come on. And this continually. Transforms you in the spirit of His likeness, making all of us more and more powerful.
2: I'd like to put the slide back on the screen with you. And in closing, we're going to work through this for just a moment. In the fear of the Lord. What does that look like? When we rightly operate in the fear of the Lord, we find the confidence that He will conquer all of our enemies. In your home, in your workplace, between your two ears and the thoughts that roll around. When we fear the Lord rightly, we find confidence that He will conquer all of our enemies. This fear of the Lord that is greater than our enemies' taunts will crush those plots and those plans of the enemy.
0: See, in His rulership of our lives, we're going to fortify... Those outer terraces that are most vulnerable to attacks, those places of darkness that are there, that we must have the light of the son of God be exposed upon it because that darkness cannot understand it and it cannot overcome the light of God. We fortify these outer areas. I mean, the whole city, the whole body. That what we've been talking about in the book of Nehemiah, those low places in the wall so that we can be posted by families so that we can be built up inwardly around the centrality of the throne of God. And according to his word,
1: we will also in the strength of his resurrection power form fighting men stationed around us with families that are set in right order. Shalom that dominates every single home. This devotion to building the fighting men will endow us personally with more and more power. One that cannot be bought for ourselves, but rather must be built. Surrounding ourselves with the experienced fighting men that will safeguard us from every satanic attack. The enemy then will be baffled and even try to besiege our brotherhood only to see the tables turned back on
2: his own head. In Him, we will be filled with the same power and strength that He gives to Israel. The strength that increases to more and more power. we want to leave the slide on the screen for a moment. And we're at the end of our message. I know that I can see in many of your eyes. Strength is rising. But you fear the situations that are around you a lot more than you do the Lord. And it shows up in the areas that your knees are buckling. That your relationship between your wife and you deteriorate. That your relationship to your husband deteriorates. Because you do not fear the Lord more than you do your circumstances. And it shows up. as despising the authority of God before you. There are men in this room that the enemy has been trying to overcome you. By those outer terrorist areas that are terrorizing you. For the most part, everything in your life is centered around what we do here. But you still have lingering thoughts. Offenses that wish to creep in. Items in your life that should be long dead, but you're giving life back to by mulling over it. Old enemies. Old ways of life that were easier. On every area, we have to fortify the outer Terraces. Yeah. Amen. Not the things that we just consider the big stuff, the temple, the main body of Jerusalem, but going to the weakest points where you are being hit and are the most vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. Yes. We have to form fighting men. Every one of us are engaged in building one another up because we're a connected body. But we want to remind you it's your gift, your calling. To raise up mighty fighting men, not just us. If your life, if your spiritual walk in prayer with the Lord has looked like what you believe the Lord needs to do for you, it's time that we turn the tables on the enemy. That your heart, your mind, your will, your emotions, your prayer life with your family is for the mighty men that God wishes to raise in this house. No more low thinking. We're growing more and more powerful. We are not individuals. We are the army of God that is rising. In this room, you've begun to believe that you're going weaker and weaker. That your physical circumstances, that the reality of your previous naivety is coming to light, and you realize you're wretchedly sinful in this moment, Or over the previous Wednesday, you can and will grow more and more powerful from that point. You know, on Monday, many of us were struck with conviction realizing that these four teenagers had an extraordinary amount of chutzpah or masculinity. That everything in the world would have been the easiest option just to comply and go along and get along. Many of us found that we didn't quite have the conviction of those young men. Much less our own children. These are the days when we recognize the areas that the fear of God needs to rise and it will conquer and drive out the darkness. These are the days that we say, I'm going to fortify the terraces, the outer walls. I will not leave it be. It will not be vandalized. It will not be terrorized. I'm going to strengthen it now. We say, I'm done fighting for my own self-exaltation. I'm going to raise up fighting men. I'm not going to wait for the pastors to do it. I'm not going to wait for Nick Rosales to do it. I am going to go strengthen them now. It says, I will grow more and more powerful even as my body becomes weak and I become more aware of my condition. Christ in me will rise because of his resurrection power. Stand to your feet with us.
1: So as we pray, here at the altar, you can have the fear of the Lord grow inside of you and displace the fear of the taunts of the enemy. Here at the altar, you can find the strength of God to fortify those outer terraces. Here at the altar, you can have the power to go and make mighty fighting men and in turn we as a body and church are going to become more and more powerful let's pray lord we thank you for your word and your spirit that is for us this morning lord we put our hearts before you we lay you down we thank you for giving us clear direction of how to experience more and more of your power say spirit of god breathe upon this word as we seek your face Let it come alive inside of us that we may pass it along to our brothers and sisters. In Jesus' name, amen.